Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, September 9th. My name, of course, as always, is Javier Reyes, your host of this podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, hit me up on there with any questions you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them here on the show. You can also hit me up on the Gmail, which is LockdownPadres at gmail.com. Hit me up with any questions, guys, for sure. We'll do a mailbag at some point. I don't know when. I'll, I'll put a call out. On the old Twitter account, so be sure to follow that. Uh, but anyway, you know, last night's game was super awesome. Will Myers, two home runs from him, offensive explosion. Slam Diego was back. It was great, right? But we're continuing as promised, as started yesterday, this midseason-ish award show with Sir Brady Lim. Uh, today we talk about the biggest, uh, greatest moments and the worst moments of the season and our nominees. And I definitely have some little, like... Little mini niche ones that I definitely throw in here a little bit. Not as niche as I feel like I did for uh, last episode. I feel like I had some niche nominees, but uh, you know this is super fun. And uh, shout out to shouts to to Brady for doing it again. And without further ado, guys, let's just get it going. Um, now let's talk about uh, the, as I alluded to before, I, I spoiled the the title of the award, but uh, it's the Matt Holiday Award for worst moment. Uh, I'm pretty sure all Padres fans. I got a lot of flack when I, back when I did um. We did like a here at Lockdown, we did like a what if or like a, a moment to take back theme for the whole network for the week. And I got flack because I didn't pick the holiday thing. It was like single play you could take back. And the reason I did it was because I wanted to make fun of Goose Gossage. That, that's it. Uh, I'm sorry. I just wanted to make fun of Goose Gossage. I don't like him. Um, I know he was great, but I wanted to make fun of his, his uh, blunder in the 84 World Series. Um, what? So let's let's get into some nominees for Worst Moment because I feel like, thankfully, there aren't too many. But I still think that they need to be talked about. Okay, so number one, uh, Tommy Pham landing on the DL uh, and basically ending his regular season. That'd be my first nominee. This is a guy we traded Hunter Renfro for and then, you know, got Jake Cronenworth too, obviously. But um, I just think he was expected to be this kind of just solid on-base guy, really help with the on-base, really be this guy who could do a little bit of everything. uh, And he kind of didn't do that and also gets hurt. Right when I feel like we might have been, he it might have been time for him to start getting back into it. So that was really unfortunate. Um, another nominee I'm going to throw out there is the D back sweep, um, which I believe concludes with the Eduardo Escobar uh, walk off homer. Um, not going to lie to you, that was a depressing. Oh God, did this team just have like a really great first ten games and now they're coming back down to earth? That type of moment, um, and especially yeah. because I believe it's Pagan who gives it up. Maybe Stammen. I, I don't know. It could be either of them. I, I can't Take remember. Your um, <laughs> Take your pick. Uh, but yeah, for Eduardo Escobar to do that, who's hasn't been from what I know, I haven't heard too much of him. So I assume yeah, that might have been his best moment of the season so far. Yeah, he's so having a bit of a down year, but it's against the Padres. He just mm-hmm. absolutely matched against the Padres. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, second to last nominee, Kirby Yates blowing up in his kind of first appearance of the season. Uh, you got to think about all the momentum everyone's talking about. If there's one thing that's this is what's hilarious, right? Before the season, everyone agreed. If there's one thing the Padres have an advantage in, it's bullpen. That they have that over even the Dodgers, right? That of course hasn't turned out to be the case. And for it to this is kind of the omen. Uh, Kirby Yates coming in, and he doesn't. I know we end up kind of a we have it a second chance. It wasn't a walk off in this case, as it was with the D backs one. But for him to come in and get rattled like that, it was just uh, it felt very like of course 
You know, like it felt like a very of course Padres moment. So that's one. And then my personal leading candidate for worst moment, uh, Trent Grisham getting thrown out at home in the Dodgers game. Man, um, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that was I'm watching it live, man. What my friends on the call, we're talking about PlayStation actually, just because we it could uses less internet for some reason. Uh, and we're talking, we're watching it, and it's funny because in that game, and this was back when Manny was like not Manny Machado before, and he was not coming up big. I know you've tweeted about this before, where like he's still he's still good player, great player actually, even last year. But you have to don't have some empty stats. You got to come up big on those moments. And first and third twice in this game, he doesn't get the hit. The second hit is this line drive. Wish it went a little bit farther. And Chris Taylor, as I railed about, just became the best defender in the league for that play and throws the ball home. And I was so devastated. Grisham was clearly too. He's running into the dugout, like like yelling, screaming, like looks like he's about to Hulk out. Uh, and that was just, oh man, like that one really hit me because at least the other ones were kind of like dumb and maybe you could forget them. But like against the Dodgers, that's what seals at home for me. And that's my leading contender. Uh, what about you? I, before I get into my leading contender, I want to add on to Mm -hmm. what you were talking about, about Grisham getting thrown out of home. That Mm -hmm. happened again a couple of days later, right? With Mateo. Oh, that's right. He got thrown out of home to end the game. So it was like kind of a twofold thing there. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently the Padres getting thrown out of home to lose the game is like a thing now. Um, (laughs) But anyway, my pick, you talked about Yates. Um, I don't want a specific, or I don't want to focus so much on a specific outing. I just kind of want to talk about him going down with the injury mm-hmm. and most likely ending his Padres career. Um, mm-hmm. I just felt so bad for him. It was such an kind of an unceremonious ending mm-hmm. to a career mm-hmm. that I think not many people saw coming. Um, you know, he was a journeyman. The Padres picked him up off waivers. They're like, all right, we'll just, you know, we'll take a flyer on this Yates guy. He's he's on the wrong side of thirty, but maybe he's got something. He starts throwing the splitter a lot more, and he turns into mm-hmm. you know one one nine ERA in twenty nineteen. That's yeah, that's like an all time reliever season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just kind of afraid that because it ended so unceremoniously, and that he had been struggling beforehand, I'm afraid that people are just going to write it off as like, oh, he had this this one good year. He was good in 2018, so maybe you can say he had two good years. But, you know, he was kind of a flash in the pan, right? And the Padres are known for that. The Padres have always had good closers. They had Hoffman and then Bell, who were there for a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Then they had guys like Houston Street and Fernando Rodney. And Um, Mark Davis, if you want an OG one. (laughs) Who, oh, my God. I remember, like, because I didn't know this before, like, I started doing the podcast and more research. I looked up his season when he won the Cy Young. I was like, holy cow. Yeah. He struck out like 140 guys like insane, back then. Right? Yeah, he was that was like and you want to talk about flash in the pan. That's one, too, for sure. Uh, but I agree with you on this. This Yates thing, man. It's I think you're right. I think there's an ending to it. You could argue that, you know, bullpen guys tend to have moments like this where they have those two years, one or two years. They do. Look and at it's Blake, unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. Look at Blake Trinan for the I think he did it for Oakland. His ERA was like 0.8. Like that was even better than Kirby Yates, right? Um, so on one hand, I'm like, yeah, I mean, that happens with relievers, but on the other hand, it is true that it's disappointing because it's just like, ah, like that's kind of it. You know what I mean? At yeah. least for Trent Grisham, it's not it. It's like, okay, this was a really bad moment and it was a punch in the gut, but the team also rebounded after that and got good uh in a lot of ways. They basically that's kind of like 
everyone's like, oh, I mean, they won two out of the games, or I think the, I, I forgot what it was. I think they won two. Yeah, they won two, and then they lost two, and then I think the third one was the one they lost with Grisham there. Um, but at least Grisham like ends up still being pretty productive, and it's not like that's going to be the defining moment of his career. Yeah. This is like when you, if you're writing the obituary per se, like of in Padres lore, you'll be like, he had the great two seasons, but then it ended badly. So that unfortunately, I think will be remembered. So I agree with you. I actually, I would award this. Um, uh, Matt Holiday Award for worst well, but uh, to Amelia Pagan's career kind of ending in a way that was like really, really bad. And it's not like he even saved a couple games before then. It's not like he was good. You know, maybe he would have rebounded. Uh, exactly. I think he had that one game against, uh, I forgot who it was he had the game against, but he struck out like three guys, which is really great. To, he gave up one solo shot. I think it was to Dodgers actually. And then he strikes out the next three guys, looked awesome. And then just kind of fell off, and then now it's that's kind of it. So I'm I'm yeah. with you. I would say worst moment is uh, just kind of everything to do with Kirby Yates and him hitting the DL. So yeah, I agree with you. Um, 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 that's right, everybody. I'm chewing on well, not built bars, but still, we're gonna talk about them. I'm not actually chewing on anything. It was an imaginary sound to signal that I'm gonna be talking about something food related. You see what I did there, guys? But anyway, let's get right into it. And I've talked about this before. Built bars are super tasty. They're the perfect type of treat for the health conscious sort of guy or gal. You know, you can stay super healthy, and they're chocolatey, they're chewy, and whatever. They're really, really good. But now I, I just need to talk to you guys for a second about their new flavors because as I've talked about before, uh, I love that even the flavors that I don't particularly like of things like mint brownie I actually love their mint brownie flavor so you can imagine how excited I was when I got the list of the upcoming these new flavors for Vilt Bar right guys we've got caramel brownie oh yeah cookies and cream cherry barcia great pun pun uh lemon almond cheesecake carrot cake and apple almond crisp oh daddy oh I'm excited and you guys should be too I dare you to try and not get hungry hearing those flavors right guys um but they're super great they are low calorie low sugar high protein and high fiber they're great for the keto diet everything like that um so guys here's here's where we get into the good part um you go to builtbar.com and you use promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your next order remember that is code locked on for ten dollars off at builtbar.com do it guys they're super yummy do it do it do it do it yum yum go let's move on to our last award uh, arguably the most exciting one, not arguably the most exciting one. I think it is. Uh, it is the Fernando Tatis Jr. Award for best moment. Um, the nominees uh, before we, so I've got a couple here and I feel like there's so, so, so many, right? So first one, uh, Tatis mean mugging the Padres bench right after he hits that homer against the Dodgers. He looks at the bench like he is the baddest mofo on the planet. Uh, it's just, it was a small little thing, not the most important, uh, homer slash hit of the season but still i just love that because it starts it it continues the, the um the discussion the conversation the narrative that this guy is so excited and has so much personality so that one's a nominee um number two tati uh not tatis uh hearing that they didn't give up their top top prospects for mike clevenger as you kind of made me familiar with because it's your twitter account you kind of tweeted out you're like we're not going to like this uh, return. You're not going to like who we gave up for Mike Clevenger. And then three minutes later, I saw I the replies. Were, responses on that one. <laughs> the replies were like, you sure? And they didn't give up. I mean, they didn't even have to give up Taylor Chabelle for that. I mean, and Taylor Chabelle, like was like a top seven ish prospect. You correct me if I'm wrong. I think he was number uh, five. Yeah. Number five. Uh, and I, I was, I was person. I feel like I'm the only person in the world who's still high on that guy. Um, everyone's just kind of out on him now. Um, but I would say that because it was like, yes, it's the Clevenger trade. But more importantly, it was like right when I heard it, I was with you. I was like, let me guess. They gave up Patino. 
You know, they gave up Patino, yeah. they gave up Campuzano, maybe, maybe just because they just traded for those two catchers. So I don't know, maybe uh Preller's like, all right, we got our catcher of the future, so we could afford to give up one. And for it to come out that we didn't, I was overjoyed. And uh shout out to those th- that dumb uh clip of Dodgers Nation that I'm still obs- obsessed over with the guys calling him a four or five starter on a bad team. So all right. Was <laughs> like, it, I, I, let's, let's talk about that for a bit. Were they serious about that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm gonna okay. take it that they I, well, so the way I read it as a professional body language reader, I feel here's the thing: if they weren't being serious, do a better job at not being serious. It's not like look at you're hearing me talk right now. I fooled you in a trolling way with the jerks and profile Bayard Buxton award. Do it like that. You know what I mean? Exactly. You don't have to. It you it was too, and you're the Dodgers, so I couldn't tell if they were trolling. I really couldn't. They were complaining the whole time with that clip. So, uh, hey, if those guys hear this for some reason, they want to reach out to me and be like, hey, we were trolling, but also screw you. I, I w- that's fine with me. You can talk crap about the the Padres. That's fine. But, like, make it make sense. This one was like, you guys, like, people were like, oh, yeah, well, you're going to make it in a shortened playoff season. Like, valid facts. Mike Clifford just got, like, the fifth best ERA in the league since 2017. So, if you're trying to tell me he's a four to five, I don't know. Like, do a better job trolling or watch baseball one of the two whichever one fits the lane so yeah that 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 deserved that's honestly that should be that's a separate award dodgers for most absurd dodgers moment uh is goes to the dodgers nation guys talking smack about clevenger <laughs> and they didn't even talk smack about him for what they should have talked smack about him for which is the covid thing yeah they, it's just that self <laughs> you had that right there. in front of you <laughs> that's what you should have done <laughs> so yeah uh that's a great point uh, that's my my second nominee, though, that not giving up top prospects. The next one, it's really close, these two. I think it's obvious where I'm heading with. Slam Diego. And I decided to not condense it into, to, into one um, nominee, but two. And the two are Tatis's Grand Slam on 3-0. It literally starts a conversation all across sports, all across sports media. Um, some most people and most people, even Johnny Bench coming out on the uh, on the right side of this and being like, this is dumb or whatever. And incredibly dumb quotes like, well, if it was three one, it would have been OK. Well, what, what are we talking about here? The semantics of baseball are absurd sometimes. And it's a wonder why kids don't want to necessarily play their sport. Um, so that's on there. Kind of kickstart kickstarts everything. Kickstart Slam Diego. And then the final nominee is May Machado's walk off Grand Slam, which I was watching live. Uh on my computer, my mom was in the room too. Uh, we're both watching because my mom is just rooting for Manny Machado, uh, even though she's a Yankees fan. Uh, she's just rooting for him, and I'm watching that. And, and Machado, like the the solo call was so great. So I don't know about you, man. I need help deciding this one because it's. But I feel like we're in the same area where it's going to have to do with something in that when we purchase the state of Texas or some one of the wins there. I feel like. Okay. Yeah, I, I had pegged the whole Slam Diego thing. That was my mm-hmm. pick. Um, and you talked about Tatis, obviously, which kickstarted a huge conversation. And then the Machado uh, Grand Slam. One thing about that, that was Machado's like big Padres moment. Mm-hmm. I had I been talking about that for a long time. Mm-hmm. And you touched on it briefly earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, he put up good, not great, but good numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's obviously been playing really well this year. But he needed that one moment to kind yeah. of like look back on it and be like, all right, this is what you paid for. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was his moment. So that was awesome. Um, but then the other grand slams too, I just love how it kind of represented like a microcosm of the 2020 Padres because, right. you know, Will Myers gets one yes. Will Myers in the middle of an incredible resurgent season. Um, so he gets one and then Hosmer gets one, which is kind of, you know, it, it represents a little bit like his launch angle, 
embracing of the launch angle thing, right? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of an underrated uh, launch story. angle. <laughs> and then there's the Cronenworth one where it's like, everybody knew this guy was going to hit a grand slam, right? It was, right. it was headed down that path for a long time. Um, and he gets one too. So, you know, obviously hitting five grand slams in six days is pretty remarkable, mm-hmm. but I think it was the people who did it really mm-hmm. made it that much more special. Um, and then I also just kind of want to like throw out here, how different would this have been if the Padres were still wearing their Navy and, and yes, white like I, I, I think about that sometimes and I'm like, would this mm-hmm. even be a thing? Because this is like their brand now. Yeah. And a big part of their brand is the brown and gold now. Yeah. hundred percent. Thoughts on that. Um, you could argue that that could be go into best merch. If that, I made that category oh, best, like just underrated moment. You know what I mean? Like this, the fact that they went back to the, the these brown and gold uniforms. Um, I know my mom doesn't like the brown ones. She likes the striped version though. Uh, that's her. That's shout out my mama Reyes, uh, I guess for her take on the Padres <laughs> uniforms. But, uh, yeah, I agree, man. That was, that's like preseason underrated. Cause I'm, I'm with you and I start covering the team this year. I paid attention to them basically since I talked about some on the podcast, people give me flack. I've been paying attention and being like, this might be my, my team. You know what I mean? Officially I had to decide yet back in 2015 because I was like, what, what, what are the Padres doing? They're trading for Matt Kemp, Craig. Kemp. I was like, I'm in. I, I, this is if I have to, cause I'm, I'm a Yankees fan. Uh, formally, formally, formally everybody. Uh, and that was my team. And I was, I've been looking for an out for a while because I just, I don't want to get into the politics and all the reasons I've fallen off with my love for the Yankees, but I was looking for another team and I, the A's I, I really like, I got love for the A's, you know, shout out buddy ball. Um, and then I was like, nah, you got to go NL that way. You don't have a conflicting thing where your mom kicks you out of the house because you're rooting for the other American league team. Um, so I was like, ah, oh, the Cubs maybe, but no, they're too good now. It's too bandwagon. So I was like, how about that little old San Diego team that is the least relevant team in their state? Not now. And hasn't done anything. They haven't made the playoffs for 15 years. I like underdogs. I'm an underdogs guy. So that's why I chose them. But I agree with you. Uh, it's just there's something about the uniforms that felt right. They look great. I I would wager that they're the best uniforms in the year. Um, and just to add on to what you mentioned with Cronenworth, who, I mean, he didn't find his way into these award things. It would have been too easy to say, uh, you know, biggest surprise player you could say might be Jake Cronenworth. And then Zach Davies would probably be the other nominee. Uh, I didn't feel like going in that direction, but still. Um, and I'm also with you on, on the Myers thing where I think that I think about it. I think that deserves to be most underrated because that's the first game after the Tatis like controversy. And for Myers to get in there and be like, screw all of you yeah. and hit the home run and whatnot. That's up there. I remember when he hit the home run off of Madison Bumgarner and he was like, Madison Bumgarner was like, oh, grumpy and stuff. And, you know, Will Byers just being a great player for the team this year. But um, what do you think if we had to boil it down to one uh, of those plays of the Slam Diegos, which one would be your pick for the Fernando Tatis award? (laughs) I think it's got to be Machado because it's a grand slam mm -hmm, and it was mm -hmm. a walk-off. Yeah. Come on, Mm -hmm. walk-off grand slam doesn't get no better than that. So Mm -hmm. I think it's it's almost like biggest storyline is the Tatis moment. But, but that's, best, that's kind of its own separate thing, I feel like. Right? Yeah, the biggest storylines would be like uh, the trades they made, trade deadline, then Tatis's 3-0 thing, and then maybe like <laughs> Jay Stingler <laughs> in some way, uh, brown uniforms, that stuff. But I think you're right because, remember, they were already up by a lot, as famously talked about. The Machado thing was a grand slam to win the game. 
You know what I mean? And we needed that Machado moment. And it was just the call was everything. So I'm, I, even though it's called the Fernando Tatis Jr. Award, we're awarding it to Manny Machado, Manny Machado for the Grand Slam. The Fernando Tatis Jr. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's great. It's great. Uh, but yeah, those are our, uh, my picks. Do you have any other kind of like last second volleys, silos, any shots to throw out? No, I'm kidding. Any like just takes, uh, any predictions, honestly, for the rest of the season, small things, big things, any other random nominees that you're coming up with right now on the fly? I think I'll throw out a take. Um, we talked about Chris Paddock. I think mm. Chris Paddock in the postseason goes to the bullpen and he shoves mm. in the bullpen. That's my like take that I've been hanging on to. Because uh, it's happened before. It happened with Tim Lincecum in 2012, I believe. He was struggling in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Giants put him in the pen. He pitches incredible out of the pen. Giants win the World Series. Um, David Price did it with the Red Sox a couple years huh. later, too. So I think that's an interesting thing to look out for. Is Ooh, know, I like that take coming out of the pen in October in, a, in the postseason, especially because yeah. they have Clevenger now. Yeah, because you could go Clev, uh, Lamette, and then at this point probably Davies would be a one, two, yeah. three mm-hmm. first round series. Richards is another one that could go to the bullpen. I yeah, think play well I think too. Richards is more likely to be the guy that shifts to the bullpen first. I still yeah. want to wait on Paddock because my my take on this, some someone like a, a listener sent in a question like, what would be the postseason uh, rotation? I think it could be a momentum thing. Where if Paddock has like two great starts to close out the season, then they're like, actually, let's use this guy. Um, But if he doesn't, then maybe not. (laughs) Um, But yeah, man, uh, just uh, that's it. I like that take uh, on Paddock. I think that that's a really good one. And who knows? Hey, it doesn't matter once you hit the postseason. You know, once you hit the postseason, all all bets are off. And I think it's fair to say that they're probably headed for the postseason at this point. Not to jinx it. Um, But, you know, hopefully they uh, do better. You got any other uh, kind of like a. uh, final predictions or thoughts of the nominees. Did you enjoy this award show, uh, Brady? I did That's enjoy the award one. show. Um, <laughs> you know, the little names owed to the past players. I like that. Um, and I think, you know, there's been some good awards. Um, and I think there's a lot more to go, too, in the postseason. So, yeah, I liked it. Um, oh, and, and really quickly, I feel like we should talk about Jace Tigler. Uh, okay. Just it. like I'd say, because we're, we're, not, we're both not out. Right. And you, you've been one, you, you were telling me before we started our call where you were like, I think that he's gotten a little bit too much flack, maybe. And I think he's been okay. Um, how do you feel about him? And I think one of the, for me, it's kind of just like he's not Andy Green. So, what is kind of your current feeling or feeling for the whole season, honestly, on Jay Stingler's uh, tenure for the Padres? I give him a, a soft seven out of 10. Um, okay. I think my biggest complaint, aside from the Tati stuff, that was, you know, that was yeah, that's like a one out of ten, yeah, yeah. But we don't need to give, we don't need to get into that. Um, mm-hmm. The bullpen management has been questionable at times. I think he takes starters out a little too early, um, but the bullpen has also been atrocious. So, you know, mm-hmm. at some point, pitchers are going to have to get outs for you to look good. Um, the one thing I do really like about him, though, is his his uh, small ball, like he. The Padres, I think, are second in the league in stolen bases. Yeah. I really do like that. I think that's kind of a lost art. They got a bunch of guys who can steal bases, so I do like that. They, um, they're also laying down a lot of like bunts for hits. Essentially, um, mm-hmm. I like that too. So overall, I give him a soft seven. What about you? Um, I agree. I agree, and I think that there's been moments when we've we've uh, given him a little bit too much crap online and whatnot. Um, I remember he got a lot for uh, Drew Pomeranz when they uh, didn't use him and everyone's like, where's is Pomeranz dead? <laughs> like was like some of the comments. <laughs> and it turned out that Pomeranz was like, 
you know, battling like a, I think it was a stiff shoulder. Uh, and then he's on the DL the next day. So it's like that time we owe him an apology. You know what I mean? So uh, he was fine there. I think that there's some moments like even Paddock yesterday, um, we're recording this on Sunday and Paddock gave up four runs, but he was kind of doing a lot better towards the end of it. And I was like, maybe you could have kept him in for a little bit longer. I don't know. Um, but I'm also with you where it's like, while the bullpen, you know, management is definitely questionable and I'm pretty sure every, there's plenty of people who could break it down. Um, but my thing was like, you know, if the bullpen was doing what it was supposed to do, then everyone would be saying, oh, I have Jay Singler's doing great. He's managing exactly. the bullpen. So there thing. does come a point where it's not his fault that what was promised to be one of the best bullpens in the league, if not the best, decided to be one of the worst ones on in line with, you know, Philadelphia. And uh, I think Washington's is pretty bad. Like there's there's all types of teams that have been really bad this year. Uh, maybe that's just a thing for the league. I don't know. Maybe pitching just isn't good this year. But yeah, I'm kind of I'm lukewarm on Tingler. And I've said this before on my pod, when it comes to coaches, managers in every sport, I'm one of the types that I need to see them be heinously bad in order to care. Honestly, I'm one of those types. I'm like, I don't care. You know what I mean? So I, I'm a Chargers fan. Anthony Lynn, there are some people who are like, they don't think he's a good coach. My thing's like, he's fine. I haven't seen anything with him where I'm like, that is a bad, bad coach. This isn't Freddie Kitchens of the Browns last year. You know what I mean? This is that they've given me no super red alarm. So I'm like, I don't care. Whatever. Players have to play. Uh, so that's kind of my perspective on it. Managers in baseball, you know, what are they really? They write the lineups and they, you know, (laughs) that's about it. Uh, Yeah, for sure, man. So lastly, before I let you go, uh, tell the people what you got. You got going on. Plug your stuff. Any future upcoming projects or whatnot? Because I've been reading your stuff and I think it's really good. Yeah. Um, so follow us on Twitter at the FF Chronicle. Follow me personally at Brady Lim six one nine. And then yeah, read my stuff, read my my coworker stuff, and follow me on Twitter for some tweets that you may or may, not, may, or may not agree with. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty uh, much it. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, it's been a blast. I hope you had a good time. Uh, I thought this would be a fun like little thing to do for the middle of the week, post Labor Day uh, weekend and whatnot. So yeah. For all the Friday Faithful homies out there, uh, it's Brady Lib and Javier Reyes doing the midseason-ish awards, taking shots at Dodgers Nation and just appreciating a great uh, Padre season so far. And hopefully we don't look back on this and say, oh, yeah, those were the good days. Hopefully this is just the start of something special. So, uh, Brady, it's been a blast, man. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you. And well, now that about does it, doesn't it? Wow. How about that, guys? I really hope you enjoyed uh, my conversation with Ray Lib. Be sure to follow him. I'm going to link the stuff in the profile uh, of this, not profile, but the podcast episode description. Uh, you can follow him out on Twitter. He's really great on Padres Twitter, just putting out really great content every day, doing all the stuff with the Friar Frightful Chronicle as well. Super fun chatting with him. And I just thought, hey, you got to have a Padres fan to talk about Padres centric things. You know what I mean? It just makes sense now, doesn't it? Uh, but yeah, guys. With all that being said, you know, tomorrow probably going to recap uh, tonight's game against the Rockies. Hopefully we can get it going. And, you know, just this team is so much fun. I don't know what else to say. Last night's game was yet again another uh, indicator of that. Even with Clevenger kind of struggling, you know, even with him struggling, they still just put up 14 runs. Who cares? You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. So with that being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, wherever, wherever it is, whatever your podcasting app service of choice is, you will find it. Go send me some nice reviews on iTunes specifically, though. That'd be nice. I'd like to get the review score up. It would make me feel nice on this uh, opening week of football, actually. That adds more good 
good things to my uh, already pretty cool uh, week schedule, I guess you could say, coming up. Uh, but until next time, guys, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Fire Faithful homies, take care.